The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to History Goes Bump Redux. I am your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, which one of us is going to do it first? We're sitting here in the bathroom. All the lights are out. Looking at the mirror. Couple of candles going. Which one of us? I dare you. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. See, it doesn't count. Because we took turns. Oh. (laughs) Phew. I mean, who wants to tempt fate, really? Dodge that bullet. I know. But did you ever do the Bloody Mary thing when you were a kid? Of course. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about on this Redux. We are redoing the legend of Bloody Mary. Kelly, are you ready to go back? I'm ready. Here we go. If you grew up in America, you are very familiar with urban legends. Urban legends are the folklore for a young country like America. These types of legends get their start mostly from true tales that get twisted, turned, and added to over the years, and they change based upon the storyteller's flourish for hyperbole and dramatics. These tales become legends because the origin is untraceable and are generally handed down from person to person. One of the most famous urban legends in America is the legend of Bloody Mary. 
The use of the term urban signifies that these legends are modern rather than something that has taken place in an urban setting. Urban legends are shared around the campfire, whispered among young people when they gather for fun, and sometimes explored through various sleepover rituals. Most of the listeners, Kelly, have probably participated in some of these rituals. These types of things are a rite of passage. You may recall playing games like light as a feather, stiff as a board. You remember that, Kelly? I certainly do and participated often. And it always was amazing that you were able to lift people up with just two fingers. It was. Or some of us played truth or dare. Did you do that? But of course. And perhaps you even dug out, gasp, the Ouija board. Well, I must admit it did happen a couple times. (laughs) (laughs) I did indeed get introduced to that and I have used it a few times in the past. There were the stories of the hook or, you know, the man with the hook, or the woman in white who's hitchhiking. She gets picked up and then disappears from the car after saying she wants to be dropped off near the local cemetery. And who can forget the story of the babysitter who gets the call from a creepy man asking about the children in the house, and a trace on the call reveals that he is actually in the house. Telling these stories and playing these games are all basically fun. But there is one game linked to an urban legend that screams dangerous, and that is Bloody Mary. After all, there's blood involved, and more importantly, a mirror. Let's first look at the use of a mirror in this game. Most of us are familiar with the superstition that if you break a mirror, you'll have seven years of bad luck. What in the world does a mirror have to do with luck? This superstition goes back around 2,000 years to the Greeks and Romans. The Greeks believed that one's reflection revealed the soul. Generally, reflections were only seen in water, but Roman artisans started polishing metal surfaces to make the first mirrors. By the 3rd century, mirrors were being made from glass, and with that came breakage. Damaging a mirror was considered disrespectful because it was believed that gods could watch us through mirrors. Breaking the mirror would bring on punishment from the gods who would rain down bad luck. Romans believed that the body renewed every seven years, so then bad luck could only last for seven years. There are many who believe that a soul can become trapped in a mirror. That's one reason why mirrors used to be covered after someone passed. Loved ones wanted to make sure that the spirit of their deceased loved one was able to go on to the afterlife rather than being trapped here in a mirror. On the flip side, this also means that mirrors can be used to trap evil spirits. Along these lines as well as the belief that sleeping with a mirror facing the bed could lead to your soul being sucked into the mirror. And Kelly, I grew up my entire childhood with a huge mirror above my dresser right across from my bed. Did you have a lot of bad dreams or? (laughs) I don't recall having a lot of bad dreams, but I was terribly afraid of the dark as a child. I'm just wondering if this means I have no soul. It's been sucked right out of me. grief. Highly reflected surfaces were hung in homes and churches to scare spirits away because... It was thought their reflection would scare them. You know, they come along, see their face in a mirror and are like, yikes. And Kelly, a lot of these haunted locations that we've done have what seems to be haunted mirrors in them. This is true. Elizabeth Tucker shared a story from one of her students in her journal article, Ghosts in Mirrors, Reflections of the Self, that was written in 1999. Jessica, who was in room 207, was meditating in front of the mirror when the face shimmered and changed to the face of an unfamiliar male. Jessica, a tad frightened, 
I would probably be a lot frightened. Yeah, if all of a sudden you <laughs> thought you were looking at yourself and then you see a strange male. Left the room for a few minutes, returning with Jason from room 201, who felt a presence of some sort in the room. Sounds as though Jessica was scrying with the mirror. Is it possible that the Bloody Mary ritual is a form of scrying? The Mayans are believed to be one of the earliest cultures to use mirrors for scrying rather than for vanity purposes. They believed that mirrors were portals and that certain members of their community had a gift that allowed them to make out what dark images appearing in polished surfaces meant. Scrying is a form of divination done by looking into something like a crystal ball or a mirror and receiving messages of the future or some other kind of message or vision. Some people believe these are messages coming from within the gazer, and others believe the messages come from gods, spirits, demons, or aliens. The person scrying usually enters a trance-like state, and then they might see images in the mirror or in their mind's eye. We watched the Ghost Brothers do this on one of their more recent episodes where they had three mirrors set up and each of them had their backs to each other and were gazing into the mirrors in front of them. And during that quote-unquote ritual or whatever they were doing, supposedly a glass broke. Right, I remember that. And we were like, well, somebody could have broken it from off screen that we couldn't (laughs) see, but it was a little bit weird. It was a little disconcerting if it was in fact true. And I know Rosemary Ellen Guiley used to make scrying mirrors She would teach scrying sessions, especially when we go back to the Haunted America Conference in Alton, Illinois. It was one of the workshops she always did. And a lot of the ones that she made were black scrying mirrors. So they're made out of like an obsidian. Right. And I believe listener Paula Mitchell did her scrying class. I believe she did. the first one that I went to. I think you're right. And I know that the Newkirks, who have the Newkirks Museum with all the paranormal stuff and everything, they used to call it the Traveling Museum, but now I think they just named it for themselves because there's a lot of haunted object museums (laughs) out there now. They have one of these weird mirrors, and the second episode of their podcast, which is Haunted Objects, they talked about this mirror. And they usually always have it covered on their table. I have never even dared to look in that thing. But I do remember... For two years, they came to Alton, Illinois, to the Haunted America Conference. And one of the sons of one of our listeners, I believe it was Cindy Wad's son, he looked in it and he was pretty freaked out about what he saw there. And he he was a little weirded out for, I think, the rest of that conference. A lot of people get some weird things. They like see their faces melting or see themselves aging. The Newkirks believe that whatever you fear is what you're going to see in that mirror. Some people have had positive experiences as well, seeing loved ones. But it's something I've always uh, kind of steered clear from. I, I don't want to gaze into the mirror and see anything that I really don't want to see. Yeah, same. But that's the thing here. We're wondering if part of this whole ritual that we're doing, because it has something to do with the mirror, maybe the whole Bloody Mary part of it isn't even what is factoring in here. I wanted to look at a lot of different cultural beliefs when it came to mirrors. So, you know, we've gone back to the Romans here and the Greeks Then we had the Mayans here. Now, I found this really interesting stuff connected to the Vietnamese American communities here in America. Janet Hoskins wrote about this in her paper, The Spirits You See in the Mirror. In the detached garage behind a suburban house in Orange County, groups of Vietnamese gather on weekends to quote-unquote serve the spirits of imperial generals, mandarins, ladies of the court, highland princesses, and playful children. Kneeling in front of a mirror, a spirit medium watches her face transform into that of a fierce warrior, a coquettish dancer, or a spoiled prince addicted to opium. Once she knows which spirit has descended upon her, she signals with a hand gesture to her attendants, 
dresses in the appropriate costume, and rises to feel her body shaking and her hands and arms moving in unfamiliar ways. Raising a sword or a lance, twirling scarves to choke her neck or entice a lover, she watches her hands and feet trace the characteristic gestures of a figure from Vietnamese history and legend. For two to four hours or more, she will incarnate two dozen spirits, offer gifts and blessings to her audience, and dance with both dignity and abandon. The last spirit is always that of the child prince, prone to pratfalls, who impishly bows at the end of the ceremony as she collapses, both exhausted and energized, onto mats spread in front of the elaborate altar. I mean, this sounds like a crazy deal. It was right down the road from where I used to live. I know. I was born there, so... have a person standing before a mirror in a dark bathroom. And to start the ritual, they need to call out Bloody Mary at least three times. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. There are variations on who exactly is the Mary in the Bloody Mary legend. Some adolescents yell out the name of Mary Wolf, while others use the name Mary Worth. And still others seem to be referring to Mary I of England, who was nicknamed Bloody Mary. First, let's look at Mary Wolf. The ritual behind this one has the lights turned out in the bathroom and the young person peering into the mirror as they say, I believe in Mary Wolf, 10 to 15 times. Then a wolf dressed in a burnous with scratches all over its face will appear in the mirror and the viewer will get scratched on their arm. Another Mary in the legends is Mary Worth, and this is thought to be the closest to the true origin of the legend. There are various tellings of this particular legend. One such version is about a woman who lived during the Civil War named Mary Worth. She was believed to be a witch and committed heinous acts during her lifetime. A favorite pastime for her was to kidnap runaway slaves and torture them in her barn. She used the slaves in black magic rituals as well. Eventually, the townspeople burned her at the stake. One of the reasons I don't totally buy into that story is we never had any witches burned at the stakes here in um, America. Another version of the tale comes from across the pond in England during the 13th century. Apparently, a witch there, calling herself Mary, was abducting and killing young girls, and the townspeople there burned her at the stake as she hurled curses at them. And then there's the Mary Worth, who was a woman disfigured at a young age who became a witch. Irregardless of which of these tales is the origin, the name Mary has stuck as well as the accusation of being a witch. Mary I was the Queen of England from 1553 to 1558. She earned her nickname Bloody Mary because she was a Catholic and she had Protestants executed. In just five years, she had 280 people burned at the stake. Her parentage did not help either since Henry VIII was her father. The tragedy of Queen Mary I is that she never was able to carry a child to full term. She died in 1558 and her sister Elizabeth I took over the crown and reversed everything that Mary had reversed, bringing back the English Reformation. So when Mary became Queen of England, she reversed what her father had implemented. He was trying to get rid of Catholicism. Since she was a strong Catholic, she brought all that back. So she reversed what her father did. And then her sister Elizabeth comes in and reversed what Mary had done. It's said that asking Bloody Mary about her children gets a nasty response. And something else that might get a nasty response is when Mary died in 1558, it wasn't because she was ill. She was executed. And the executioner did a horrible job. I don't know if he missed, if his axe wasn't sharp enough or what, but he didn't get her head completely chopped off when he was supposed to be chopping it off. 
Then he went for a second hit and still wasn't able to get it completely off. So he uh. had to uh, use another knife to saw through this sinewy stuff. Oh, Lord. And then he lifted her head up to show everybody, hey, I finally did it. Not realizing that she was wearing a wig and he ended up with just the wig in his hand as her head dropped down into the staging area. Oh, Lordy. So if Mary the First is the one behind the Bloody Mary you're seeing in the mirror, I can understand why she's a little bit angry. A little bit ticked. Might give you a few scratches or try to pull you through the mirror. And now a little break for a word about one of our sponsors. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Summoning Bloody Mary in a bathroom mirror is considered a test of courage and a rite of passage. The ritual dates back to the 1960s. Folklorist Janet Longlois wrote an essay about Bloody Mary in 1978 using information from 17 different sources. Her work has been referenced in almost all other treatises on Bloody Mary. Langlois references the name Mary Wales as the one that was used in her area of the country. Then there's the movie Candyman from 1992, and then it was remade in 2021. These were clearly inspired by the Bloody Mary ritual. Rather than Bloody Mary, the name Candyman is called out three times, and that entity is called Fourth. The traditional ritual goes something like this and is mostly done by girls. A young woman goes into a bathroom with no windows and no lights, She carries either a flashlight or a candle with her. She faces the mirror and calls out the name Bloody Mary three times or 13 times, or as we said, there was 10, 15. There's all different kinds of numbers that are used. It just depends upon whatever ritual these girls happen to be following. And then they either turn on the flashlight or hold up the candle, and it's said that she will then see Bloody Mary in the mirror. If she doesn't look into Bloody Mary's eyes, Mary will tell her the future. If she does look Mary in the eye, Bloody Mary will scratch out her eyes or disfigure her or even kill her. At least, that's how the story goes. In actuality, most girls run screaming from the bathroom because their own reflection in the mirror has caused their eyes to either hallucinate or play tricks on them. Sometimes the girls go into a bathroom as a group and hold hands in a circle while they chant together. We always did it by ourselves and everybody would be on the other side of the door waiting to see what would happen. (laughs) 
folklorist Simon J. Bonner wrote in 1988 about one of the variations of the Bloody Mary ritual in Middletown, Pennsylvania. Bloody Mary was a character who was murdered in the woods behind Pine Road Elementary School. To call her ghost, girls go into the bathroom and prick their fingers with a pin to draw a drop of blood. Then they press the two droplets of blood together and say, We believe in Bloody Mary ten times with their eyes shut. Then, upon opening their eyes, they look into the bathroom mirror. The image of Bloody Mary's face would appear in the mirror. She was said to have been a young girl with long hair, very pale skin, and blood running down her face from a large cut above her forehead. What should give people pause about this type of ritual is the actual act of conjuring or divination that's being represented by the ritual. It's as if the mirror is being used as a portal and the girls are conjuring the spirit of Mary, and this could be dangerous. And perhaps that's why there are some terrifying experiences connected to this ritual. Here are some of them. I was nine when me and my friends tried doing Bloody Mary at my house one weekend. As well as I remember, there were five of us and we carried my mom's candles in the upstairs bathroom and all five of us were chanting Bloody Mary. We saw an old woman with cuts on her face and chains around her neck and shoulders looking out of the mirror at us. Then the shower curtain went up in flames and we ran out of the bathroom. An older boy ran into the bathroom and luckily for us got the fire put out. We all got in big trouble for it and the parents thought we caught the shower curtain on fire with the candles but we had the candles at least six feet from the shower curtain when it suddenly went up in flames. I know for a fact that we did not touch that shower curtain with a candle. I've always thought about it and I know that we saw Bloody Mary but I've never been tempted to do it ever again. I was 25 this year and I remember it like it was yesterday. There were five of us girls there that night when we did Bloody Mary and had the fire in the bathroom and two of those girls who were my childhood friends died at different times in fire-related accidents. I've been scared of fire all my life and I've never been tempted to do Bloody Mary again. I've always been afraid that we somehow caused the death of my two friends that night and I've been afraid of fire all my life. Wow. That's crazy if that's true. Some of my friends, five of us, cramped ourselves into a small bathroom in my friend Catherine's house. We ended up saying Bloody Mary, more like chanting it, about 20 times or so for anything to appear. When we did finally see something, it started out as a green glow. Then the darkened portrait of a face became more visible. By that time, half of us were screaming, so we knocked each other down trying to get out of the bathroom. And then I flipped on the light. It was a welcome relief. I was only seven at the time. A few friends and I went to a bowling alley. Now, our parents belonged to a bowling group, so we just chilled at the arcade park. One of the other kids told us the story about Bloody Mary. My friends and I didn't believe him. So me and two of my friends went to the men's restroom. All we had was a flashlight. We turned off all the lights and chanted, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. My one friend then flashed the flashlight on and quickly off. I looked at the mirror and there was a girl. She looked like she was in her early 20s. She was looking the other way, yet started to turn towards us. My friend and I bolted out of there before she attacked us like the legend says. After this experience, I feel like someone was always watching me. I haven't tried contacting any other spirits after this. A few months after my friends did this, my dad died. Could she have driven him crazy enough to kill himself? Oh my gosh. Could this spirit be so full of rage it drives people to shoot themselves? Now, ever since this happened, my moods are different. I'm 15 and some days I'll just suddenly go into depression. Some days I just want to curl up and die. Could this be revenge for summoning her all those years ago? My friends who did this with me all stopped talking to me. I met one recently and she seems okay. Could I have been the only one who'd seen Bloody Mary? Could she only be after me? If she is, then why? 
This may have happened seven or eight years ago, but I still feel the effects. Marissa and her friend had just finished watching an eerie episode of Ghost Whisperer, and Marissa wanted to scare her friend, which was one of her favorite activities. So Marissa looked into her living room mirror and spun three times saying Bloody Mary. No ghost appeared, so she went to the bathroom to try again. Against the warning of her friend, Marissa shut off the lights, closed the door, and repeated the chant. When she looked into the mirror this time, there was still nothing. Disappointed, she was about to flip on the light when she caught a glimpse of something. She looked closer and discovered a black and white woman with her mouth wide open. Marissa expected a scream from the apparition, but found only dead, terrifying silence. The woman in the mirror lifted her arms, and Marissa saw that her hands were bright red, not with polish, but with blood. Her fingernails had been torn off. Her hands reached out from behind Marissa and grabbed her shoulders. Marissa screamed, turned on the light, and ran from the bathroom. A group of girls was spending the summer at a camp in the Pacific Northwest on an island called, I think it's Anacortes? Sick of exploring the woods, they decided to collectively fake food poisoning. They ran to a bathroom and shut themselves up in it, hoping to make the fakery convincing. While they were there, one girl, Jessica, came up with the idea to play Bloody Mary. The rest of the group agreed and they shut off the lights. They said Bloody Mary three times into the mirror and waited. At first, there was nothing. Then, the mirror cracked. All the girls ran off screaming except for one. The remaining camper was paralyzed with fear. She stared and saw a flash of movement behind the mirror, as if someone was standing right behind her. She turned and ran from the bathroom. The next morning, the girls laughed about the event, if only to hide how scared they had been. Trent wrote, Where I used to live, I was about eight or nine years old. Michael, Rudy, and I decided to summon Bloody Mary in an old abandoned shed. We went in and sat in the center of the floor. We sat in a circle, closed our eyes, and held hands while we summoned Bloody Mary. After a minute or two, we could hear things. We stopped and we saw the walls start spinning and the sounds got louder. We got up, ran away, and never returned there. So apparently you don't necessarily need to have a mirror to summon her, huh? I guess not. (laughs) Kelsey wrote, My friend had a slumber party and they dared her to do Bloody Mary. You know, go into the bathroom, turn off the lights, light a candle, chant Bloody Mary 13 times, and she'll appear. For about 15 minutes, nothing happened. Then we heard her scream and she tried to get out of the bathroom. The door was stuck, but it didn't have a lock. When we got her out, she was crying and whimpering like a madman. We asked her what happened. She showed us her arms and there were scars there that had never been there before. Tons of them, like 20 scars. I'm thinking she's talking more like scratches. Right. A few days later, they disappeared. She won't tell us what happened or what she saw when we asked her about it. She just looks at us in a hateful way. One time she said she wished it would have been Jenna that did it because it was Jenna's dare. Those are all terrifying stories. I'm glad that every time we looked in the mirror, we saw nothing except for our own faces looking right back at us. And they do sometimes look creepy because the lights are out, you got candles flickering, or it could just be pitch black in there and you think you're seeing things. Yeah, I never saw anything worth noting either. No, your eyes have a way of playing tricks on you. And I think especially when you're young, impressionable kids, that's possibly what you have going on. But... You never know. So is the legend of Bloody Mary real? Does she really appear in the mirror to exact revenge? Is she just a figment of active imaginations? That That is for for you to decide. And now if any of you run off to your bathrooms with your candles or flashlights and start chanting Bloody Mary's name and you see something, let us know. Yep. 
Send us an email. But no blame. We don't take <laughs> no, any no blame, blame for what may happen. <clears throat> nope. All right, Kelly, let's get out of this bathroom before Mary does come out of that mirror and scratch us. Sounds like a plan. Mort, really? Did you have to do that right now? When you gotta go, you gotta go. Ugh. Just make sure you put the seat down, fella. Hehe. <laughs> Okay, but maybe I'll leave it up just for tonight. Want to thank you for joining us for This History Goes Bump Redux. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.